All right, welcome to episode 16 of Calling. We have a teenager. A podcast (laughs) of two Aaron's calling each other to talk about music and music-related items and drama. Yeah. Uh, 16, it's a big big deal. Also, uh, quickly, I'd like to announce that for tonight and, and from here on out, I'd like to be known only as Rodney Quesadilla. <laughs> Is your middle name chicken, steak, or shrimp? Rodney Mixed Quesadilla. Rodney Protein of Choice Quesadilla. Yes. For some reason, I said that today at work. I said something. I said Rodney Quesadilla. I almost could not finish working. I had to like, walk one. around. I had to walk it off. I was like, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Listen, um, I am sure that that's exactly the the same way that Newton felt when. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Right. I got to walk this quesadilla off. (laughs) I got to walk this quesadilla off. (laughs) Lord. (laughs) Um, We're off with a bang. Yes. Talking about Mexican food. (laughs) That's right. That does sound good, actually. We yeah. had burritos for dinner. I made burritos, Oof. but they're never as good as other burritos. But that's that's what right. it goes. Well, you know. um, all right, so back to music. Um, yep. So uh, we're in sixteen um, episode sixteen, and uh, I think we're gonna chat about recent finds and um, and and all the fires <laughs> of late in the <laughs> music, like fires. literal fires, not even. Yes. Uh, not even like emojis or uh, or or hot releases, like actual right. fires, <laughs> right? Actual <laughs> destructive fires. The vinyl industry is on fire. It's <laughs> I've uh, I've enjoyed a little bit of the panic, but uh, but we can yeah. get into that after a little bit. But um, so um, I am kind of winging my five because I've picked up a ton of stuff, as you know. I've been texting yep. you like crazy all weekend, so right. Um, so you go first. I'm going to kind of get my stuff ready, and I'm sure that there's plenty of stories to go with mine. So it'll it, it'll we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll take a minute to work through our uh, purchases here. But uh, sure. But you go. All right. Yeah, mine is also pretty winged, um, as <laughs> I have gotten <laughs> a lot of stuff as well. I'm looking at it right now, laid out in front of me. Like, what have I done? <laughs> um, oh crap! This one, <laughs> yeah. This one, uh, this is probably this is a good place to start. I got this. I picked up this thing. I went down uh, one of my many rabbit holes and picked up uh, a bunch of records by one of my favorite bands, Can. Yeah. Um, they have they have the rights to all their music and have in the last like I think like ten years or so they've like done a really great job of repressing and reissuing it. Um, but they have, I think it's like 15 records and numerous singles. Um, and they, and uh, then there's like lost tapes and all this fun stuff. But, um, the reason I thought it's a big good one to start with is can is a band, any band that has 15 records, uh, can be a little daunting for people to get into, but I feel like can is one of those groups that gets mentioned a lot. But if you don't know where to start, um, I kind of think this thing that I picked up the other day, which is called Can the Singles, uh, which is 
weird because they didn't really have singles and they're not a band that you would think of as having singles but it's a three record set i got it for like 25 bucks um and it is basically everything they did put out as like a single um so it's like different versions of things that are on albums and a lot of times it's like some of the songs that are like 20 minutes long are pared down to literally like a three and a half minute like single format so it's stuff they put out on seven inches and all that so if anybody out there has been thinking about getting in the can um it's a good way to do it without a breaking the bank and b uh getting lost in like having to track down five records worth of stuff uh this is it's stuff from every era of the band and yeah. and i think i made it through like two-thirds of it tonight it was really good so nice psyched i uh i am uh familiar with can but like you said i don't really know uh a ton of stuff about it it's they seem like a rather intimidating band to get into yeah it's it's actually i think <laughs> i think we did that probably first episode of where we did the black sabbath versus led zeppelin thing yeah uh i think you could honestly it could almost take can and put that in there as well like because they're like they're that band that like influenced everybody everybody that you like probably likes can because <laughs> there's just some there's at some moment in their career you're like wow that's a really great song or whatever um and so like it is it's like their dna is in so much but it's it is really hard to like find them a place like where do i where do i jump in because there's probably like three records that everybody considers like the classic ones but there's a lot of good stuff on all the other but it's like it's 15 albums yeah <laughs> it's yeah. it's a lot so you really have yeah, to like lot. you really have to dig it and you have to be into like not you have to be i mean you have to be down for the ride it's a little it's a little wacky so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh this is a good way to again there's no song on here that's more than probably five minutes long, I think. Yeah. So it's it's a really easy way to like breeze your way into can world, and you get all the weirdness, but all the funkiness. So yeah, um, I think should I just start out hot? Should I just start out with my yes? <laughs> just do it. Okay, so... He says uh, with disdain in his voice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so yesterday I was uh, doing my usual Goodwill runs, and my uh, my guy from a couple stories back with uh, <laughs> Michael... Um, George Michael, sorry. The yep. George Michael record, and then um, where I bought like a, a stack from him from there, and then I got a Hootie record from him that turned out to be a like a rare original pressing or whatever. And then, so I keep telling them, I'm like, Hey bud, like, let me know what else you got. You know what I mean? And meanwhile, uh, my two coworkers, I've introduced them to him. So I think a friend, I think my coworker bought seven Prince records from him the other day for like 60 bucks, 60 bucks, 60 bucks. Yeah. One, one of them being 1999. I mean, good stuff, you know? So, um, and, uh, 
all of us have had really good experiences as like as far as the condition and stuff you know so um so he finally got back to me and said hey i'm kind of digging through the collection this week let me know if you can think of anything well i i'm just not you know this and i've probably said it a million times in here i'm not a I'm not a top of mind record shopper. I'm like a very right. visual, like that looks cool. Let me check it out. Cause a lot of right. the staples, like, you know, you know, there's a lot of staples you and I already have. So, um, right. so it's easier just to be like, like, I don't like, I actually said to him, I was like craft work. And he was like, you've completely lost me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, all right, let me dial back. <laughs> so I was like, you know, any metal, like, like hair metal, like, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, or hard rock, stuff like that, or any like eighties, pop think like you know um i was try- oh, trying to give him examples you know like echo the body men or something like that so he was like well i right. don't know we got so he just started sending me pictures and like one of them was the first set was like doors greatest hits ozzy osbourne's ultimate sin black Oof. sabbath we sold our soul for rock and roll Oof. and there was a fourth record in there um that i'm blanking oh van halen too Um, which was not in the best shape, but that's okay. Right. So, uh, so I'm like, great. I'm like, how much you want? He's like 50. He's like, that's what Ozzy sells for. And I'm like, well, okay. Like, I don't know if that's true, but I'm like, I wouldn't go that far. I'll take it. Cause I'm like, (laughs) again, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to butter it up a little bit, you know? So he was like, cool. Anything else? And he, he, and so he asked me about some other things and I was like, what about any B-52s? And so he found some B-52s and then, Uh, he was like, oh, how about Talking Heads? And so he, he uh, had Stop Making Sense. So what's funny is, like, Stop Making Sense sells for $20, $30 all day long. And he was like, yeah. how about, it's like super clean. How about eight? I'm like, okay. I don't, all right, cool. <laughs> and then he was like, and then I found this weird one. And so he, it, it's the 13th floor elevators. <sighs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, right? Like, that one is weird. Like, it's got to be a repress. Like, I don't know why they even have it, right? So, right. So I'm like, okay, well... Uh, I'm like, cool, how much for everything? And he's like, how about, so my eight records at this point, he's like, how about $80 for everything? I'm like, done. I'll swing by on my way home. Stop by, give him the 80 bucks. I meet his wife, very nice people. And uh, and I'm like, just let me know when you got some more, you know, like just kind of keep coming by. So, uh, so I get in the car and I immediately look up the 13 floor elevators <laughs> and it's the 1966 like original stereo pressing and it is oh, yeah. super clean oh, and i was like what and uh the thing is is like if people don't know about this record like it's just one of the like i posted about it in like this vinyl club i'm in on like facebook group or whatever right and everyone was just like that is insane everyone's like that's like a holy grail of mine you never find it like Right. I'm looking at it right now on Discogs. The lowest it's ever sold is a hundred. It one time sold for eight hundred and thirty-two dollars, and so the median <laughs> is two hundred. And I looked it up, you know, like just uh, eBay, just to see what it had sold for, and it was all like two hundred, two fifties, whatever. So yeah, it has been repressed. So yeah, uh, but it's just interesting that if they're overcharging me for Ozzy. You know what I mean? Like, based on eBay, like, how did they not take the time to look that one up and realize what they had? But, right. hey, I'm not going to question it. So, Correct. yeah. So, uh, with everything that – and I am I already have Stop Making Sense and um, Ultimate Sin. And, um, yeah. I think those are the only two I'm going to sell. If I can sell those, I'll pretty much eat it down to where I may maybe pay 10 or 20 bucks total. You know what I mean? So, 
Yeah. So yeah. So everyone was kind of freaking out. Uh, the dude friended me on Facebook after that, so I got nervous and started pulling down any mentions of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> on social media because I didn't want to yeah. be a jerk about it. But yeah. But yes. So that's uh, and it, it sounds really great. It's um, it's just I mean it looks like I mean they probably again I don't know how his wife has it. You know what I mean? Like in right. Smyrna, Tennessee, of all places. Why? What would even make you know have her right. bought that at one point? But she had it, and so um, now I have it, and uh, everyone keeps asking me if I'm going to sell it, and I'm just like, I don't think I can. I don't, I right. don't think I can. Like, right. I, you know, I was at a record store today, and uh, my friend was like, you going to sell it? And I was like, I don't know. And she was like, we actually like it. I'm like, I don't know. I just know it's worth so much, and it's such a holy grail for people that I almost have to know that I have a – that I have it. I didn't pay a crazy amount for it, and I can listen to it whenever I want. It is a good record. Right. I mean, it's out there. It's super it crazy. Is you know, really good. It yeah. is really good. Yeah. So that makes it much much easier to keep rather than say a cracked rear view mirror or whatever with uh, right. the blowfish. You know, but <laughs> uh, right, right. But yes. So I I was super excited about that, and I mean, the Black Sabbath I got in that was it's great, and I didn't have uh, we sold our soul, so I've got that now. Yeah. And um, it, it was like a Doors greatest hits. And I hate to say this. I go through these weird Doors phases where I'm like, yeah, I, I don't hate them as much as I thought I do. Like for like right. two days and then I never listen to them again for like a year or something. So <laughs> I've got that for when I have that itch, you know. But right. um, and the B-52s were fun. Uh, it's like a Love Shack single in the Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia. <laughs> that's a hard one to yep. say. Uh, EP. So, you know, good stuff all around. So I was. I was excited to say the least. It was kind of one of those weird, like, you, you know, when you've been looking and buying records for forever to have have a, that one of that kind of. I mean, I was texting everyone I know. I think I texted you. I texted yep. another friend of mine. I texted Emily. She was out. I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> so nice. I was excited about that one. Nice, and it is, and like I said, and it is a great record. It's a great record. On, I, on I top a of everything, I've had a CD so copy for years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so good. It's so funny because a friend of mine one time told me he spent, I think, $300 on it, you know? And he yeah. was like, this is ridiculous. And he played it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it sounds good, you know? And he's like, this is yeah. so stupid. Don't ever get to where you're buying $300 records. And I was like, all right, that's fair. I don't think I can do it. You know what I mean? So yeah. the moment he sent me the photo of it, I was like, ooh. You know what I mean? I was like, what if that is uh, one of, right. what if that's a crazy pressing? You know what I mean? So, right. and there it was. So, I was and excited. Then it was. Yeah. So, I won't hog up any more podcast time on, on my no, 13th no. floor elevators uh, LP purchase. It's fair. It's fair. It's a fair <laughs> thing to hog it up with. It was, it was good. <laughs> I was like, come on. I know. I know. <sighs> Listen, I have a friend that's like this. Like, like whenever you first start buying records, you will find someone that's been doing it for a long time. I sent it yeah. to my two coworkers, you know, that know the guy and right. they're both just like, Oh, and I'm like, look, I know, like I'm being that guy. Like I knew that guy too. <laughs> I've known a couple of those guys. Like when I kind of really got back into it, like they just seem to stumble on stuff all the time or they, they right. accidentally buy a mono pressing that's worth double what the stereo one was, you know, like yeah. at a record show, like, you know, like, right. you know, uh, you know, when you've been doing it for forever, you know, right. or not forever, but, you know, we've been doing something for so long, you will stumble into crazy things like this. Do you know what I mean? So it just yep. takes time. You just have to stick it out, <laughs> buy a lot right. of records, and then eventually right. they'll right. show up. So. Right. Yes. Okay. Nice. Um, 
Now what do I do? <laughs> well, I still um, got to come up with four more. No, I'm kidding. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I'll do this one. So, I got uh, a nice copy. I sent you this too. Um, of Aretha now. Yeah, Miss Aretha Franklin's jam from 1968. I am almost certain that this is pretty close to OG. And I scored oh, cool. it for nice. like a very, very, very low price at uh, Carolina Soul. Um, awesome. So it could be a possible like repress, but it is definitely not new in any yep. way, shape, or form. Um, but it has, of course, Think and I Say a Little yep. Prayer famously yep. on it. Uh, Nighttime is the Right Time. She redoes You Send Me on this one. I mean, it's it's a ridiculous record. Yeah, uh, it's a great one. It, it's like one of those when you flip through, you just see the words Aretha now. You're like, they don't even look. You're just like, yep, that's mine. <laughs> yeah, um, I have this I have this theory with Aretha that because she sold so many records, like she's gone through sort of her, like she's just, a, she was very common. She was like Simon right. and Garfunkel. Do you know what I right. mean? And I think right. there's a new appreciation for her again especially after the recent documentary and just her passing and things where people are like wow she made some really great records that just yeah kind of people you you know just kind of faded out and so i think that's why some of the stores maybe haven't quite caught up to that because they're just so used to having aretha franklin sit for forever so they're probably like he's a price to move and then when we find them we're like this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) it's moving oh it's moving yeah yeah um it is insanely clean and quiet and you know it's it's one of those things i got i got a i got a few that day that were like that are old older copies of things that are great but it's like you know how this is like you get them they look relatively good or really good and then you get them home and you're like oh god this has been played to death yeah somebody took care of it but man they wore this thing out and so it's still weird and noisy and none of the stuff that i got is like that it's all good. like it's all good but uh yeah good Aretha that's now. a good one that's a yeah. good one um so yesterday uh i found uh i just had one of those weekends but i found a i posted about it today and uh for some reason i can't locate it but oh wait here it is I found a copy of Bo Diddley's oh, yeah. first record, um, and it's the Chess LP1431 pressing. So it's the mm-hmm. original 1958 mono pressing, and I found it at Goodwill for a dollar. <laughs> now, the cover <laughs> all around is pretty much shot. I mean, it right. looks great, but you know the seams are pretty much toast. Right. Um the record itself is one of those, like I cleaned it and then it's real foggy, but I realized I, I probably didn't research it enough, but it's one of the older, like styrene type, like heavier uh, right. LPs. So I think it just makes it look a little bit foggier. I may do some research and see if there's a better way to kind of get that shine off. Dude, it looked trash, but I played it yesterday and it sounds great. I mean, when That's I awesome. say it sounds great, I mean, it's not like you're, you know, near mint whatever but it right considering it's was found in a goodwill from 19 you know it's been floating around since 1958 um right. and you know i've it's even got a weird sort of like 
mark on like one side. It's almost got like a little lip like sticking up, like just on the yeah. outer edge. It's very strange. Yeah. Like almost like it got hot or something. But I thought, well, that didn't really because you put the needle on it just kind of to the left of it, you know, so it never really makes anything skip or anything. So like I said, I played it yesterday. I mean, my original thought was selling it, but like prices on it are all over the place. And so I think I'm probably just going to end up keeping it because it's a great record. He's got the awesome cover where he's just like yeah. full spread Eagle with a guitar and the great, like on the side is like Bo Diddley in green. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's just that, that one was really exciting to find because, um, as you know, yeah, you can, you can go to thrift stores all day long and you very rarely find anything. So, right. Um, so that one was, that one was exciting. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to hold on to that one. So nice. Yeah. Um, in, uh, recent release uh world i picked up a copy of jeff parker and the new breeds oh jealous of you i meant to look for that today (laughs) sweet for max brown which is remarkably a record that has come up in three if not four separate conversations with people who i've known who we know oh yeah like like all the people that we Brett, know, Burleson, yes, yeah, everybody, like everybody's yeah. been talking about it, uh, yeah. and it, I feel like there's an excite. It's strangely like I know it's like a very niche crowd, but I feel like there's an excite excitement about that record in a way yeah. that like I haven't heard about a record that's like this record. Yep, meaning like a free jazzy, even though it's not free jazz, yep. but like a jazzier very much like the things that Jeff Parker did yep. previously in Tortoise or whatever kind yep. of record. Like, I feel like people are like psyched about it, which is awesome because it's a great record. Um, yep. I think it's written basically for his mom. Um, and it's like a super great band. Uh, it is a release that's, it's like a dual release between International Anthem Recording Company and Nunsuch. Yeah, um, which none such has now brought back their old school uh, logo, which is awesome. Also, also yeah. cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was great. Walked in. Uh, I got this one at Bull City, so it was, it was nice. That that's awesome. A little bit. And uh, International like, Anthem is a is a great label, by the way. They've got a lot of yes. cool kind of crazy jazz stuff. I think they're out of Chicago, which is yeah. probably explains the the uh, the new or uh, I'm sorry the the uh, Jeff Parker relationship. I will yeah. say that if you've got this one, uh, his album, the new breed, which was about his right. dad uh, who had a store yes. named the new breed. Yeah. Um, that one they came out in 16, I think is so good too. Like, yeah, I just, it, this one slid under the radar for me. Like I just didn't right. even see that it was coming out. So when Burleson sent us a text, I was like, Oh man, no brainer. So I've been streaming it like crazy. And I just, Honestly, haven't been to a regular, brand new type rel- selling record store <laughs> in, a, in right. a couple weeks. I went to one right. today, and I totally forgot to look for it. So I'm, yeah. I'm kicking myself. I may just end up ordering it, or if I can get over to Grimey's, I'll kind of do that. So, but yeah, that, yeah. nicely done, nicely, nicely. Yeah, done. yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I. At some point, you and I will get into where we're going to start trying to go back and find the tortoise records, and that will be a a bad day uh. for the wallet. Well, I've already I've already looked. Like when I first started when I first got into the whole world, I started looking for a lot of that stuff. It's when I got the 
my junior 44 yeah. world and all that. Like, I was like, let's see what those tortoise records are. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But they are also repressed and all that. Like, they're out yeah. there, new. But, yes, the OGs are oof. Well, I will stick with a new one, too, even though it's a reissue. But I got my copy of The Roots Phrenology from Vinyl Me, Please. Yes. And totally Which is now worked. sold out. Is it? Yes. Done. Man, I am so glad I got a copy. Uh, it's a double LP. Um, it's like a brownish marbled colored uh, yep. vinyl sound. It plays amazing. Like awesome. Um, the front cover is like, uh, oh, I'm spacing on the words here that I should use for this. It's almost like a. It's not a die cut, but it's like a. You know, it's like embossed. Embossed is a good word that uh, uh, <laughs> Emily, the art teacher wife, would have known right off the top of her head. But embossed, but it's like got all these kind of like uh, silver and like kind of gold, like you know, in- interplay as far as like the drawing of the skull or whatever. Anyway, just all in all, great. Like it's, I, it's, I think it's my favorite Roots record. I'm just coming around to it. Um, I've played it multiple times since i've gotten it so i'm I'm so excited it is out there and uh it's crazy that sold out but i'm not i'm not surprised uh the last time it was out was 2002 so this is the first time it's been reissued uh since then so um easy pickup and and super excited to have it it sounds great on my my stereo system i'll say right there's there's some bass parts on that record that's literally distorts everything i mean that's how yes how bassy it is so but yep it, it was good i'm glad to have it so so here's my question about that because they're reissuing the basically the roots catalog okay what is that the only place it's that one is ever going to be because they did like the deluxe guy for things fall apart which i picked up things fall apart like a, just the the regular double lp version but like yeah what you know, like are that like my question after I saw that because I think I saw that right before we talked last, and you had mentioned like wanting to get that so bad, and I was like, yep. my man's got to see this. But yeah. uh, I wonder if they're going to release it as like multiple in multiple forms, like they did. Things fall apart, like for the rest of the world. I don't know. It's not. It seems it's like not they an anniversary. Would, but... I don't right. know that it's an anniversary year because I think it came out in 2002 originally. I think you're right. Because yeah, it was, maybe it, it's it got took a couple them, years. I, when I was reading up on the record, it took them a couple years to make it. Um, yeah. It came in after things fall apart. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they may wait. They may sit on that and wait and see. Yeah. But um, I think Vinyl Me Please probably gives them a pretty decent advance you know what i mean it's probably sure. easy money just to say yeah make a hundred or a thousand or however many you know and uh, right and and kind of get it back out there and 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 do that so but yeah i i was happy with it so i uh, i don't know the answer to your question necessarily yeah. um i was just wondering you know, that like i wonder if they're gonna like do the multiple but i guess probably they would wait because things fall apart was having an anniversary so that's why that it was, was. Like, yeah yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. Um. Well, let's see. Where are we now? Where are we on number four? <laughs> I think. Good grief. That okay. was my third. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Number four. 
Um, this one was a little, this is a little wild, wild hair for me. Uh, in the same trip that netted uh, the Aretha now, I got uh, Fifth Dimension by the Birds. Nice. Which is weird for me simply because I have never been what one would call remotely a Birds fan. Right, yeah. Not, not, in, and I should I guess the caveat here is not past the things that you already know of the birds. Like I know the singles, you know, you know, oh, yeah. 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 But like, I never dug super deep in. Yeah. Um, and I found this one, this was like, uh, this may have been like nine bucks or something like yeah. that. Super clean, super great. Um, famously has eight miles high on it, which is, kind of the the one that put this record on the map um also has wild mountain time and they redo hey joe which is a little wacky but yeah um that's kind of always been my thing with the birds i'm like are you there's always a thing with me where i'm like were you being like legitimately serious about all of that or was that some of that like (laughs) tongue-in-cheek like (laughs) but then you know, you watch like Roger McGuinn talk and you're like, no, you're being serious about that. That was your yeah. thing. That's cool. Like, I'm cool yeah. with that. Um, I've become more accepting of their place in the in the canon, as it were. Like, okay, I get it. It's really great. Sounds really good, which is kind of sad. Like, when you hear Eight Miles High, it's like, and then it's especially for the crazy sounding record just crazy song to to hear there's a lot going on you guys are real high (laughs) when you did that song but anyways um i still i I wouldn't say that like it listening to it twice made me like a huge birds fan still but uh i have always loved eight miles high so i'll have it just for that for no nice. Reason. Yeah, I think it'd be fun if somebody just gave me their whole discography and I had time to go through it, you know. But right. like, it always feels like buying right. it. It's like I'm gonna buy the wrong one, and then I'm not gonna want to buy the others, you know. So, I, I mean, I have the, same the uh, I have the Sweetheart record with Parsons. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that one's kind of a no brainer. It's a great one, but uh, yeah, but yeah, a lot of the other ones, like, was it like? Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, I think they have one or something. Yep. Like, they just have so yeah. many records that it kind of comes back to what we're talking about with like can. It's like, wait, where do I start? You know? Right. And it's also like, I feel the same way. Like, this is a lot of that Laurel Canyon scene. Like, Buffalo Springfield's kind of the same way. Like, I'm like, I don't even know. Like, yeah. they only had like four records or five records, yeah. but it's like, which one do I go they, into? They, and I feel they, like a a jerk if i just buy the retrospective or whatever it's like <laughs> never <laughs> but like i've heard um, songs of theirs lately that i'm like yeah maybe i should try it whatever yeah i mean you know you can usually find beat up copies of those you know for like right four bucks and, and, right and having enough that is the plus <laughs> there's eight million of them floating around yeah so. what is that um, let's see. My fourth one was uh, the reissue of the Farrakhet, the view from this oh. tower record. Yeah. And uh, it's a discord release. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm spacing on when that originally came out. 2000. 
five? Probably. 2004, I'm gonna, let's just Let's run with that. Let's, we'll be fake news, but uh, it's it's around that time, because like, I, maybe even earlier, I don't know, it seems like I was probably into that band before I had kids, because it's just super crazy, mathy, loud, definitely insane yeah. stuff, and it's F-A-R-A-Q-U-E-T is the high spell for anyone that wants to look it up, but Fair Cat, right. it's like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. This is reissued with... Uh, I think it's like a purple kind of swirly, whatever. Um, again, no sound issues at all. Uh, awesome. Man, I like putting that on. I, uh, you know, I, I think part of all this, t- like there's some of this stuff for me that I had CD copies of these, you know, for years and I've right. probably worn them out. And, um, and then to be able to sort of revisit it with a, LP copy on a great sounding stereo system is sort of like heaven. I'm just like, whoa. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is yes. what it was supposed to sound like. So, right. Um, that is definitely one of those bands. And it's just all over the place, kind of mathy, jammy, like, it's just yep. crazy. So, jazzy, like, just oh, wrap your brain around it. But, um, yeah, I, I and I ordered it like a Thursday. Had it like a Monday. It was crazy. Came crazy yeah. fast. So the turnaround was super. Quick. Yeah, so very excited about that. Did you get it too? Uh, not yet. Very okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think that's one of those bands. It's funny because you getting that and like seeing the thing about the pre-order and all that whole deal. I was just like, man, this is uh. There's that's one of those bands that I feel like also like their DNA is in a lot of other bands. Like they were that yeah. they were like a band's band too. Yeah. And yeah. like all the bands you ran into on tour while those guys were around, like, have you seen these guys? You know, it's like they were just that group. And I mean it, that record is is crazy great. <laughs> it's, it's so just, good. So good. It, yeah, it's hard to explain like just how I mean, I don't know just how like intricate it is, and it's all over the place, and it's just like right. what's going on. Yeah, it came out in two thousand, right? Right at two thousand, I had to look it up. Wow. Um, yeah, because I, wow. I I was thinking like so it feels years. like uh, I'm graduating right. from college. I'm about to get like a real job and have to figure out what life is. So I'm going to listen right. to this complicated <laughs> math rock record. To burn right. off some energy while I'm, you know, right, you know, working in the Nashville non-existent rock industry, you know, so right, uh, that that one, yeah, it's uh, it, it, really great, really great. So yes, so good. Um, well, since you went there, I guess I'll have to go. I guess I'll have to go crazy. I'm audible. Yeah, well, sort of. Seriously, there's so much sitting on. Uh, in this room right now that i know that's why we can just even. we can just keep calling each other every week and just if we just do five then we're uh right. given the proper attention and and uh, uh <laughs> for right. filling up the the coffers to choose from uh, so i saw so at uh bull city records when i got my lovely jeff park and the new breed um i saw i had seen couple times uh this record it's uh john zorn's naked city um which uh, i think i've spoken highly of before on this this here radio station podcast thing that we do um 
a rather formative record for yours truly. Uh, kind of blew my doors off when I was still, I guess I was still in high school when I first heard this. Um, yeah. It was just like, I don't know what that is, but I want all of it, but I'm terrified of it. Yeah. Um, it has been, so it's, I think it was originally not available on vinyl at all because I have a, an original CD copy, which they yeah, remastered, yeah. which I read something, I read multiple things about the second wave of CD copies were terrible because they remastered them. And this is a record that did not benefit from the era in which it was produced, which is yeah. to say it is very digital sounding, no matter what medium yeah. you're listening to it on. It's just like it was recorded digitally. Everything about it was digital. Um, so uh, I think the label is 1972 recordings. Yeah, they repressed this um, with the blessing of Electra Records, which is and none such, which it originally came out through. So they got the the real deal tapes and all that in like 2016 and repressed it. I didn't know any of that when I'd just seen this before in the store and then I read up on it the other day cause it came up for some reason and was like, Oh, that's not like a, that's not like there's a million of those floating around kind of thing. That's like actually kind of rare now. <laughs> so picked it up for like, it was like 22 or whatever brand new. Um, yeah. uh, came home, put it on immediately was a teenager again, but, uh, sounds great. Um, the cats cats started running out of the neighborhood. <laughs> right, right. It's definitely not not uh, not easy listening. No, no. And I think this came on the heels of me sending you the text about Captain Beefheart's <laughs> Trout Mass replica being oh, yeah. available again. Um, yeah. But like, uh, it's a great record. It's a challenging record at best. Um, yeah. it takes, it takes some serious, like, wow, I want to hear some things. It will, it, if you, you know, if you pick this up because you saw that Bill Frizzell was playing guitar on the whole thing, uh, you would not know it was yeah, Bill Frizzell exactly. if you knew Bill Frizzell yeah. now, if you didn't yeah. know where he came from, then you wouldn't know that's the thing. Um, but all that aside as a pressing, it is amazing. Um, it sounds it sounds weird to say this, but it sounds as exactly as good as the OG CD thing. It's like they didn't yeah. try and like mess with it and make it. You know, they didn't warm it up. They didn't try and like do anything to it. Like it sound, it just sounds really great. Uh, like you said about the Faircat, it like sounds really great coming through a good system. And uh, yeah, I was like. Oh yeah, I really like this thing, even though it's not something you're gonna listen to every day. But it yeah. is uh it's one of those sentimental guys. Yeah. And it's always good when you take it has a album cover that's, you know, not easy to look at all the time. Yeah. And you take yeah. that up to the counter and they're like, Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're that guy. Oh, we we got... ordered this for the one guy and here you are. Right. 
It's been sitting in here since 2016, and here you come four <laughs> years later, you <laughs> jackass. <laughs> that's so funny. But anyways, um, really good. No, that, that, that's a it's a heady one, but it's it's a yeah. good one to have. Um, yeah. Did I have I talked about my Amy Grant Heart and Motion purchase? <laughs> uh, no, but I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so over Christmas break, I uh, when I was sort of just sitting around with family, I was just cruising through discogs and i'm like i'm gonna make some offers <laughs> and uh <laughs> this stupid heart in motion record is like 40 or 50 dollars everywhere you look and like but it doesn't really sell right so i'm like right. okay here's the here's the thing somebody sold one once for 50 bucks and now everybody set the right. price and you know whatever so I found a guy selling it on Discogs, and um, he had make offer on there. So he had it up for forty. So I offered him twenty, and he accepted it. And I was like, "Oh man!" So yep. So I finally got the LP <laughs> copy of Amy Grant's Heart in Motion, and then nice. sick enough, I'm in this other group, Facebook group that sells stuff, and a guy had a the poster that they there made to promote this in stores and i bought the yeah. poster from him as well so yes that arrived last week too so um i i don't know it's sick it's it's ridiculous i have no idea why i even need the poster except for that <laughs> i have it so it's so and he, you know what's funny is he was actually like i think i have the cardboard stand up he must have worked at a Christian radio, radio, uh, Christian, uh, uh, like bookstore or something. And he's like, I think right. I have the cardboard stand up of her oh. from the Unguarded album, which I'm like, ooh, like that's oh, wow. awesome. But he was like, I have no idea how I would ship it. I'm like, don't even just pretend like you didn't even say anything. I'm not. Yeah. He's like, well, if you're ever in Illinois, look me up. I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I now have uh, Amy Grant's Heart in Motion LP along with the uh, uh, promotional poster, um, which puts me into a weird, a weird, uh, uh, sort of a weird um, grouping of fans, I think. But, uh, but right. hey, I've got it. So it is what it is. Sort of like me sending you the $70 Whitney Houston box set, like, and, and actually salivating over it. Yeah. Yeah. That one actually like, confused me. Like, oh. Yeah. That ah. one confused me a little bit because I was like, uh, like, no one's ever going to brag about having, like, the Whitney Houston box set <laughs> for one record. I think. I'm like, what's. And it was understand. the first record, right, or whatever, yeah. like the one with the hit, like yeah. yeah. It's her but although I will say, like, it's hard to find her stuff for a good price anymore. I mean, like, it's uh, you know, but some of her biggest ones are expensive. But yeah, yeah, yeah. not seventy bucks. I mean, the only thing you're getting is like a hardbound book and like this Japan only remixes, yeah, EP thing. Like, yeah. I'm like, it's not really worth seventy dollars. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Anywho's. Um, so those are our purchases from this week. Or, well. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> I bought, yeah. I was going to say, I, I bought 20 records at Goodwill yesterday, and I probably bought eight more today. So, yeah, we didn't get um, into but the. Such is life. We didn't get into the, like, multiple other piles of. Yeah, and that's Oof. fine. Well, we can save those for future ones. So. Right. Um, so I think we wanted to touch briefly on the vinyl apocalypse that's being foretold <laughs> uh, by the burning down. Or Apollo Calypse. Uh, oh, Apollo Calypse. I like that. Got um, it. Of the uh, Apollo uh, plant burning down in California. And uh, 
I guess in a nutshell, they're the only ones that uh, make the the lacquers that people need in order to uh, transfer over the uh, the uh, what the signal. <laughs> this part always gets a little confusing for me. The uh, <laughs> the electrostatic. Uh, I don't know the the goobly goop that the magic yes. that makes it happen that they actually uh, will yeah. then will then <clears throat> cut the. Uh, cut everything from and then start pressing it. You can see I've really researched this well, but um, right. when you research, I've had multiple people ask me and every time they're like, my eyes are crossed. I'm like, it's eye crossing. It's not easy to kind of understand, but um, right. But yes. So billboard and pitchfork both put out quotes from people saying it would be the sort of vinyl apocalypse, if you will. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what, What's your take on that? Um, and if you've done anything, any research on it to to dissuade your thoughts on that? I mean, from what I read, and and partially this is things that you sent me and other stuff that I kind of looked at. Um, I think I fall squarely in the camp with that the uh, Discogs article. Yeah, that was like, yeah. Like hold up, hold up, because you know they're. They're like one of three places, I guess, that that does that. They have a proprietary like formula for the lacquer yes. that they make that yeah. is the thing that makes them special. But yes. as that author also said, if they're not able to get back on their feet and somebody has can swoop in and like buy the business and like build a or retool a facility to do the same thing that won't stay proprietary very long because yeah. they'll have to sell that too. And you'll be right back where you were. The other interesting thing to me was that the other two places are not in the States. Yeah. And one of them is the direct metal mastering place. DMM. Which doesn't use a lacquer. It's right. Direct. That's the whole point of the name. And I was surprised to see how many people are already using that. Well, that's the thing is like on forums, you will see direct metal mastering being like raked across the coals. Like people are like, oh, it doesn't yeah. sound good. It's too harsh. It's basically a CD. It's whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I, the thing that I found interesting in that article is like exactly what you just said. Like, I feel like a lot of these very snobby opinions <laughs> are like kind of thrown out by folks not knowing that they're actually listening to direct metal mastered records. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they're probably like, man, this copy of, you know, journeys escape that I have is so great. It's like the best one ever. And not knowing that that's a DMM record. Yeah. You know? So, so to better sum up what I was blabbering to a minute ago, basically they make the aluminum disc. It's coated yes. in lacquer. And so then the mastering engineers uh, order the lacquers from them, and then they use their lathes to yep. cut the grooves into that plate. Now, yes, we have a uh, – I, I just watched it. I did actually research this. I was watching a news <laughs> report from – uh, local news because we have a studio in town called welcome to 1979 that cuts yeah uh, that cuts their own uh in-house and they said that they've got a pretty healthy supply that they've already ordered so most 
places so there's two things one like one person sent me an email like does this mean i'm not getting all my direct orders and it's like no like right or you know they're pre-orders i'm like no if anything's been announced it's already pressed do you know what i mean like uh or or in the process like they've probably already got the test pressing and they're rolling you know what i mean so that's the very first thing you have to do and then you have to use that to get your test pressing and then you have to listen to your test pressing to make sure that it sounds okay, and then from there you start the manufacturing. So, anyone that you've already pre-ordered from has probably already had their had that process done. So it's not yeah. going to stop that. I would say that even applies to this first record store day. Um, I would think most people are probably fine there. What people yep. are probably going to do is go ahead and get their record store day Black Friday releases started you know what i mean um if they can and just get it rolling and right. then they'll just sit on it until it's done um so there's probably it's not like none of these places have anything to work with today they're just sort of like oh cool i have you know a thousand left so as that thousand starts to dwindle down i've got we've got to figure out another solution one of which is the direct metal mastering that what we just said a lot of companies are evidently are already doing um so but the discogs article did a good job where somebody was like i already know three people i was trying to get in on it right like i mean right. like we're we're, right. we're humans like if there's a if there's a gap there's a missing hole in a business like someone will figure it out and yeah it reminds me of when when vinyl got hot again and this is back when i was making records it got backlogged a lot because there weren't yeah. a lot of, um, you know, the actual pressing machines. Um, yes, yeah. probably have a much fancier name name than that, and I'm blanking on it now. Um, but you know, and then they were like, "Well, no one makes them anymore, and the old the ones that exist are old, and there's not enough plants, and we're not going to be able to keep up." Well, yeah. Guess what? Now there's a brand new pressing plant in Detroit and third man found a guy that was making them and he made a new machine that was able to keep up the supply. You know what I mean? So, you know, there it just seems like to say that that, you know, that records are going to suffer. First of all, this only applies to new records. Right. So any record that's already been pressed, a good example, this would be like the fair fair cat record that i just bought right so like right. they've got that already um made they've already got that lacquer they've already got the the stamper made right so yep they just call the plant and say hey i need another thousand they go pull that stamper off and yes there is a lifespan to that they you can't make records off that same stamper for ever for eternity at some point that stamper will wear down but you know yeah you know people forget that like you know the hottest selling record maybe sells like ten thousand copies do you know what i mean like right right? so like you know we're talking runs of a thousand here a thousand there maybe two thousand five thousand something like that you know so uh and i may be i may be a little bit wrong on that there may be some that are that are doing better and so they're ordering more but still you're going to get a long lifespan out of the the one so really we're talking about you know i think you're thinking 20 one 22 you know what i mean like right. when people would potentially be freaking out but again it just seems like i would think if and 
I'm gonna just I'm gonna make something up here. Is that sound? Is that okay with you? I'm just gonna make something up. Absolutely. We call <laughs> that winging up, it in the biz. I'm gonna make up a business <laughs> myth here. But it would Do seem it. to me that an insurance company is on the hook to pay these guys for everything that burned down. So right. they're gonna want to figure out a way to recoup some of those costs if they're sitting on proprietary information. Why wouldn't they want to sell that to other people so that other right. people can start making that and then they can make, you know, whatever that investment is that somebody can, you know what I mean? They, they can recoup a little bit of their cost on that. Right. Again, no clue if that's even whatever, but, you know, who knows? Maybe it's like a secret kernel recipe that was in a file cabinet that got burned <laughs> up. I don't know. But it right. just felt Man. like it felt like, you know. It just felt like the usual news cycle on everything in the world where we're all going right. to we're all everything's coming to an end and it's the end of the world and everything that you've ever enjoyed is over. And it just made right. me put up a couple of red flags like, eh, I don't know, like if there's money, somebody will figure it out, you know, exactly. and that's the thing. Like, I think uh, I think you said this and, and the, the guy also in the Discogs article is like there's like. There were already at least three other places that were already in the process of like retooling their yep. operation to do exactly what Apollo did. Yeah. So they're already that much closer to doing it. Yep. And if you're the only people it really, really, really affects are the people who only used them for their yeah. lacquers. Like maybe yeah. they had some like exclusive deal with like we won't get our stuff from you or or maybe that's just who they chose to use like those are the people who will have to and by people i mean labels would have to scramble to find you know a new place to get it done because they've yep. only ever done it with them and that is like a very small sliver of the whole world that's making vibe yeah. like i mean i'm sure that you know that is probably a lot of smaller operations that use Apollo and Apollo only yeah. for their lacquers. But I mean, again, this is why, you know, this is people want to know why things it's probably a, a fair question. Like why things get repressed and remastered and reissued and all that so much is because these things wear out and you have to like, yeah. if you're going to keep making a quality product, you have to revisit it occasionally and yeah redo it <laughs> yeah. well and it's a different fire than say the other fire that we were going to touch on which is you know, right. the universal fire which you know where where actual physical tapes were burned and right. they're gone forever so in those instances those tapes are never going to be able to be pulled off a shelf and remixed and remastered and pressed again so yes um you know that's sort of a different uh, totally, totally different situation where there is no easy fix for that. Um, no, and um, but it seems like fires, fires are are, are uh, not being a not not treating the music industry nice. Uh, recently, I mean, if you go on the Wikipedia page for the Universal Fire, like it, there's a little thing and it says like click on like it's not included. Like you have to click on something to show the ones that have been reported missing. And when you click yeah. on it, like it just drops down. I mean, like it's so huge. Like all yeah. the artists that have been affected that you're like, Ooh, wow. That's, there's that's a, really bad. There's an, a really good article 
in the New York Times that was yeah. written about it. Um, when it's the, the only one, really. It's the only one right. worth reading. <laughs> I think. It's, I think. I think. And it's aptly titled it's the, the one Day that the brought it burned, to attention. I think. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Like because yeah, yeah. nobody knew the extent. Yeah. To which things had been lost until this article kind of was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they yeah. started, they interviewed the guy who was like the curator of the place and da, 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 and he was, you know, heartbroken, obviously. But like, it kind of showed like, you know, I guess some of the like nonchalance that a lot of that stuff was handled with. And, yeah. I which mean, is sad. I will say though, as somebody that owned a record label, like you get so much stuff that you're like, I don't know right. how to put this. Do you know what I mean? Right. And like, imagine right. if you're a major label and you're getting those all day long, <clears throat> you know what right. I mean? Like, like you just got stuff coming in and coming out. I mean, like, you know, and especially as everything's going more digital, like, yeah, there's probably not an infrastructure for that, you know? And, and there, there yeah. wasn't. And, you know, and, and it wasn't probably until, you know, we started repressing things and of that nature and wanting to go back and remix and remaster it, that there was much value in those anyway. Right. So, right. Uh, because when everything looks like it's going digital, so if we're going to say everything's going digital, right. Then right. there's no real reason to do a crazy remix for a Spotify or an iTunes or whatever, because right. you're probably not going to pick up on the nuances unless you just completely, like take out a vocal or something insane, right? Like completely right. rethink it. Right. So I'm sure the labels are going, well, everybody's going digital. Like, you know, we'll just kind of keep these around because we have to, um, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, a major fire can take out when it starts taking out tapes. Then all of a sudden you start going, Oh, those were tapes. You know what I mean? Like those right. were, yeah, those were I mean, really good like, tapes. And, and you got to think that there's a plenty in there, too, of people that no one's ever heard of that will, you know, be gone oh, forever. Right. There's, That's the thing is, know. like, I think even in that uh, article that, you know, it had like little clips of things. There were like these like crazy little wacky, you know, singles that people had never heard. But like when you do hear them, you're like, wow, that's really great. But like, you'll yeah. never get that in any other form other than that terrible digitization that happened at some point to get it to, you know, or some vinyl rip that somebody put up on YouTube. Like that's the only way you'll ever know that, which is like, that's the part that's like, it's like sad, you know? Yeah. And it's, it is maddening that like with all the technological infrastructure available that somebody hadn't at some point be like, couldn't we just like, you know, because that's they touch on that in the article is like, you know, couldn't somebody have at some point digitized it? Like, sure, they could have, but do you imagine you don't even understand how much space that takes up in the digital world? Yeah, and then you have to store it somewhere, and then you're probably going to have to store a backup of that as well. Well, so <laughs> it's like one that costs money. I sat in a, I sat on a in and listened to a panel once about you know, reissuing records. That's probably four years ago. So, right. And, you know, had a lot of, you know, had a lot of great labels on there that specialize in it. And, you know, one lady's concern was, it was, it was great. Which she was like, she was like, we're running into now where we're having to deal with DAT tapes. And she said, DAT tapes only work on certain DAT machines. And people have yep. gotten rid of those DAT machines because they were DAT machines and they didn't work. And so right. we're now having to try to figure out, Oh, cool. Well, 
this dat that I need to get the information off of is only applicable with this machine. So now somebody's got to go find the machine and hope that the machine works. And the only way right. it can, you know, if it's going to work <laughs> is you put the dad tape in there and hope it doesn't eat the dat, you know? And then she said, if you think that's bad, she was like, what about hard drives that are just sitting for 10 or 20 years if nobody's touching them and nobody's spinning them up? Well, they just right. die, you know? Right. And so, Ooh, you know, you, you think as things get smaller, you know, I mean, that's where I think everything's going to have to just start, you know, unfortunately living in a cloud somewhere, which I'm sure that they don't want to have either just from a storage space and hackability and things like that. Sure. But I mean, that's a thing. I mean, you're talking about three major music companies that deal with the majority, probably 80 percent of the music yeah. that's released uh, over the history of time, especially probably gets closer to 90 percent. Um, because they own the companies that, that did it, you know? So as they bought up all the companies, they bought all those masters. So, um, a label like universal is going to have capital masters. They're going to have, um, Atlantic masters, you know, they're going to have Electra masters. I think, you know, like they're going to have all these record labels masters from all the years that they were operating. Right. So all that's to say that you just keep adding and adding and adding to it. And I mean, it's daunting really. I mean, you know, you're, you're just putting all the, I, you know, you know, all the best hard copyrights masters under one roof. And you almost need to mitigate that risk by spreading those out. You know what I mean? Like, uh, in multiple places so that if one fire catches on, it's not going to lose an entire label's worth of, um, you know, I mean, they, that's one, uh, one small step you could take, you know? Sure. So. Yeah. I mean, they, what was it? They said in there that like, I guess at some point they had, you know, in all the acquisitions and reacquisitions and shuffling, like uh, they had moved like certain chunks to like a place in New York or like, maybe certain chunks went to like they at some point had like offsite storage that they kept things in. And so they moved them, moved some things to there. So even as bad as it was, which is real bad, there's still like things floating around. But then, you know, then the question is, well, how are they being handled and treated? Cause you know, even originally when that, the guy, the interview in the article was like, when I showed up, it was horrible. Like, it was just like stacks on stacks and nothing was anywhere and nobody knew what was in there and nobody knew like <laughs> if you asked anybody you know what's in that stack like everybody just like, oh <laughs> tape yep <laughs> it's tape i don't know it's been there for 30 years who knows and you know his whole thing was like cataloging it and all that and i still don't think he had gotten through all of it when the fire happened so it's just like yeah it's just crazy i mean it's crazy that it's all in one place, but it's like crazy that it can all just be gone so fast. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Well, um, anyway, those, long those, or short is those masters are gone. Those masters right. are gone. Uh, right. I think the, uh, the, uh, the Apollo issue, I think will be resolved because yes. there's too much money in the, you know, in, in the manufacturing and selling of, uh, of, of records that, uh, sure. It's going to cause a hiccup, but I mean, you know, like, dude, I mean, everything, everything, everything about making a physical object, whether it's a book or calendar or a shirt or clothing or whatever, you're, you're going to hit some sort of issue in a supply chain at some point, you know? So 
you know, you just do your best to work through it. And, uh, and you know, and I, I think everyone will be okay. So, yeah. I mean, what was it? I feel like when the vinyl resurgence really started happening, they were like two big worries was like one was cause I think, uh, was it oil prices were going high and everybody was like, Oh, that'll kill it because you got, you gotta have petroleum to make the plastic with. And if you don't have yeah. the, if the oil costs yeah. so much, they're not going to buy it anymore. Yeah. But uh, it's like, come yeah. on guys. Like, Here's my thing. If the format survived the complete disdain of the format and the complete right. abandonment of the format for CD, which right. then has been completely abandoned for digital, which has only led people to want to go back and still own a physical good and listen to something of that nature. Like, if it can survive that downturn, Right, You know, the music industry had to fire people, record stores closed, you know, everything got so big that it sort of returned to the norm or, you know, kind of went back to the mean, if you will, right. you know, and then it started to build itself back up. You know, what I think is this may mean some of the labels don't waste a lot of valuable resources on pressing, you know, you know, opera records that people don't want. You know what I mean? That right. you find in Barnes and Noble for 50 to 75 percent off because nobody's going to pay forty dollars for them you know right. so maybe they're just going to be a little <clears throat> bit smarter about what what gets reissued what gets you know what gets pressed going forward and you know people are just smart you know so yep so here's the million dollar question yep how long before this the compact disc resurgence <laughs> so i'm i'm <laughs> bullish on the cd and people make fun of me but uh, i think there's two things that will help the cd and one is that new vinyl pricing is really expensive yes um the second is that cds are insanely cheap right now and yep but dude i found new orders substance double disc cd today in yep. brand new like new condition and a goodwill for a dollar and i bought right. it right. and uh so i it it's it's a tough question because I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I'm bullish on it because I think that even though it's a digital sound, it still maintains, it still sounds better than streaming. So um, I think people don't enjoy the idea of like having CDs, but like, you know, like it's not as like flashy or as like vintage looking as records are. Right. But I think that could potentially change over time. But I'll tell you this. I mean, you know me, I like I sell CDs on eBay all day long and people right. are still buying them. People yep. are snatching them up and it helps that there's no stores that are really selling them anymore because that drives it to online. Um, and when I find them, I can list them and I can sell them. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, and there's out of print CDs that people don't realize that sell for lots of money, lots and lots of money. So, yeah, um, you know, it's really about the, you know, whether or not you have the um, you know, whether or not it's available on streaming, that helps a lot, you know? Um, yeah. but you know, and, and there's some things that will probably never just like some cassettes never made it to digital, <laughs> right. uh, some records <laughs> never made it to digital. Uh, you know, there's plenty of CDs that haven't made it to digital. So, you know, people really want it. They will search it out and find it. And Hey, I'm one of those guys, man. When I stumble on like a, 
prayer chain CD that like, right. you know, <laughs> like I could buy it on eBay for four bucks. And like, I know right. it's probably never coming out and LP is probably never getting released or I really, really want it. And I don't want to listen to it on streaming. I'll buy it for four bucks, man. And wear it out. So yeah. I was like, the other am day I day crazy I for... on that? No, no, you're not. I mean, the other day, what did I send you? Like two months ago, I was like, I walked into bull city and they have like a little free box out front and they had Sonic use sister on CD. It was oh, free. Really? And I like picked it up. I was like, yeah, I'm taking that home. Like, yeah. it's free. Hey, uh, on the cover of the CD, did uh, was the picture they didn't clear? Was it blocked out? The black box? Uh, I'll tell you in one second. Hold on. Let me find it. So on that CD, there's a picture they forgot to clear on the first first issue of oh, it. Oh, that's something. right. So all the all the copies after that have a black box over it. But if you have the one, I've sold the one without the black box. And it's, it's a collector's item. I remember now. Uh, it probably has the black box. I think it probably box. does. I'm yeah, sure those yeah. dudes would have been like, no, we're keeping this. Yeah. Um, what was I, I was also going to say something else while I was looking but for Back that. to the CD thing. There are some yes. times when I can find a dollar CD and I can listen to it and I can be okay with listening to it versus paying, let's say, $20 for a beat-up LP copy. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's where sometimes you have to make the tough decision. It's like, well, is it, you know, like, if I can only get this record that is kind of overpriced right now, but I've got the CD, I'm, I might just, you know, stick with the CD until I stumble on, you know. Like, for me, like, with the 13-floor elevators, to kind of bring it all the way back, like, you right. know, cool, I got my CD copy, and then I don't, there's no reason for me to spend $300 or 200 on a LP version and then it kind of fell in my lap so now I'm super happy but I was fine yep. with the CD while I had it you know so also too I do think that there's just certain things that people will want to do information wise that if you want a physical format CDs are really the only way that you can capture all that you know what I mean so uh, yeah you know, it's just like you know you can't make a you know some of these Prince CDs I mean every song six minutes long is like 20 songs you know so right but that's the other thing too it's like I'll find a Prince CD for 99 cents like heck yeah you know what I mean and like (laughs) wear that thing out and have so much fun listening to it and uh you know and not stress about buying the brand new vinyl version of it for 35 dollars because it has to be expensive because every song six minutes long they kind of put it's like three four lp right. version you know what i mean like, yeah. or they're dropping copies like that's the other thing so i really got into an uh where i wanted to buy i kind of got this itch to buy the real thing like faith and wars the real thing yeah. but here's the thing the lp version is missing um the last song which i'm totally blanking on the name of it now but right. Like they, that was one of those that came out in kind of that interesting period where both were kind of a, a very viable format. So they yeah. were able to fit one more song in the CD. So they did. And I was almost like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. I, if I find the LP, it won't fit, you know, but it's not enough to go double. You know what I mean? So, right. Uh, it has the black box. Sorry. Yeah. Just found I'm it. Surprised. Yeah. Isn't it like a surprised. Disney picture or something? No, it's a picture from a really famous photographer, and I can't remember That's right. his That's name, and uh, they didn't clear it. And it's kind of like a collage, right? The whole cover's a collage. Yes. Yep. So I don't think that right. anybody's really thinking about it. And It's probably the artist who made the collage didn't think about clearing the photograph. And, yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy That's came right. knocking. So. Yeah, that it's interesting you say that about the – the extra songs because like that was that's the thing with like i think i mentioned before that mr bungle record yeah um like i think when it originally came out it came with like a 
extra seven inch because they couldn't cram everything onto one disc. Yeah. And so you got this one secret. It was like a secret song and yeah. they just put it on an extra seven inch. Yeah. And on the CD, you didn't have to do that. So like I have a CD copy, but then when I started getting vinyl, I was like, man, that'd be fun to have that. I started searching for that. I found it, but they have in the repressing world, which is not, you can't get it anywhere. That's like legit. Um, it's not licensed. Uh, they're cramming it all into one disc. So you get, you get all the stuff, but now you've got this like inferior sound cause it's just crammed onto way too little space for what's happening. Like, and so there are copies that apparently now have been repressed that have an extra seven inch, but now they're like ridiculously expensive too. So, <laughs> so I, I read this book called perfecting sound forever and an oral history of recorded music. I'm looking at it right now by this guy named Greg Milner and it's pretty yep. dated. It doesn't even get into uh, streaming, but the CD is a huge thing in there because there's so many people that love it and so many people that hate it. And you have to remember that people People discredit the CD because, um, you know, they got tired of it. But when it first came right. out, everyone loved it because their LPs were so beat up and scratched or whatever. And it yep. ticks and pops that all of a sudden you're giving someone this tiny little disc. They put it in a player and it's perfect. And they're like, pristine. whoa, right? It's pristine. Right. So, you know, it, yes, it is still ones and zeros. You know, like there's a, right. there's a YouTube video with Jack White showing how, you know, with ones and zeros, there's there's gaps right in the in the yeah. data and whereas you know a needle on a record never stops so there is no gap i get that but right i think a lot of people as the as cd's were really getting you know overpriced a lot of those records too were mastered really loud so yep I think a lot of people are listening to not only a format that they think well this is digital doesn't sound good but they're also listening to engineers pushing mastering so far that the sound wave is the sine wave is almost completely across there's there's no dips or valleys like it's you know the example in there is californication by the red hot chili peppers it was (laughs) the the hottest mastered song that ever existed and people were like i can't even listen to the disc you know what i mean and so um, and the reason why they were doing that is because they wanted their songs to sound loud on the radio because if their songs yeah. sound loud on the radio, then people would pay attention. If people are paying attention, then they'll get more spins on the radio. Like it's this whole yeah. thing that just basically deals with money and how money thing, you know, streams down yeah. from there. So there are a lot of those records that you will put in. You'll be like, wow, this sounds really bad. And then there's also a lot of early CDs that weren't transferred well just like when records got popular again people were being lazy and transferring cd copies to vinyl right right? so like the music industry is always going to find a way to get the most uh money for the least uh money basically right so so but that doesn't mean that every project that's ever been made on any format isn't right or doesn't doesn't sound awful you know what i mean so right I'm going on a long rant here to say that I have hooked up a CD player to my system. And uh, a lot of times, a great example is like, you know, all the Pearl Jam bootlegs, right? Like, I think they're just now getting around to putting them out on streaming. But like, you know, I buy the CDs and I listen to them and like, it's kind of really the only way you can get it. And so I put that in my CD player and it sounds great. Like, it's coming to a vintage receiver. 
Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, coming through big speakers, like it's, it's, it's yeah. warmer than it would probably sound in a car or something like that. But like, right. Dude, they sound, it sounds great, you know? So yeah. I don't know if everyone's going to really get into it because I do think cars are basically eliminating it, you know? Right. Um, but there's, I listen, I have been tempted into buying like, dude, there are really people, there are people still making really expensive CD players out there. And I've been like, yeah. Ooh, wouldn't that be cool? You know? Right. <laughs> right. I remember the first, first record I noticed on CD that was way louder than every other CD that I had at the time was, uh, the first Mars Volta record. Yeah. Like yeah. that one is, it's pushing it now. Yeah. It's not. And I think was that was Californication also a Rick Rubin record. Yes. I think he was one so. of the dudes who was like all about, yeah, push it, push it, push it. Like, well, he has, I think he has one mastering engineer that he goes to on every project. Yeah. And that guy was like, well, this is what I'm doing, you know? Right. And then, the problem is, as you know, once somebody doesn't have success with it, then everyone goes, well, I want my record to sound like Mars Volta, you know? Right. And so then the mastering engineer is like, well, this isn't really that in the book. It says that they would have like mastering bake-offs where they would send it to like three mastering people, you know, and like they'd like send it back and people would listen to it. And the, unfortunately, the engineers would be like, we'd go to business if we kept it at the levels it should be, you know, if we need right. the business, we'd have to master it loud because we right. knew that the people that did were going to win. So it's crazy, yep. man. That that book is mind-blowing. I recommend it. It's, again, it's called Perfecting Sound Forever. I think I paid like four bucks on it on eBay. It's used. Yeah. Some of the stuff that they talk about, even the guys doing mixing and mastering, like it's just depressing when you think about sure. how some of your records probably aren't even as real as you think they are. You know what I mean? So Right. <laughs> right. It takes a little bit of the magic out of it. Well, uh, Tom Lord Owls, or yep. uh, it's either him or his brother, but he admits in the book that every record that came to him, he had sampled a certain drum sound for the kick. So he was yep. like, I don't care who you were, I used that sound. Right. So he's like, the first thing I did was I would go in and replace all your kick drums, no matter the artist, with right. that kick drum sound. And you're like, right. what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there like, was, I feel like that was the thing, though, like, People, people don't, I, I say people, young folks yeah. <laughs> right now, people coming up like your boys, for instance, uh, don't realize that like, you know, at a time you read the back of that CD and there was like, there were like five dudes names on all of them. Yeah. Like, and the Lord, the Lord Algae brothers were on a huge chunk of every yeah. record in the nineties, every CD yeah. had like a Chris Lord or Tom Lord. And those guys, I mean, they made their money off of a sound, yep. a sound like their records sounded a certain way. And yep. it was like a, it's almost like a Motown thing, but like 10 times over, there was like 10 of those houses just pushing that sound. It's crazy, but it's and true. Now like, one of them teaches a class on Facebook or something. You can like, right. I see the ad on Facebook where they'll send yep. you an Angels and Airwaves song and you mix it yep. and send it back or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, yeah. this is like yeah, the end of it. I don't know. I don't get it yeah. anymore. It's like, no, I don't get it. But I think 
I, you know, I, as a really long rant on like sure. CDs or whatever, but I, 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 I do, th- I, I hate to say this, but well, I don't hate to say it. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> this same thing happened with records, right? And everyone was like, records yeah. are done. And so when everyone's like, CDs right. are done, I'm like, are they? You right. know, like, I don't know that people will move from records two cds and say cds are better so they'll abandon buying records i just don't know if that people like you and i there will always be people like you and i that are we say this probably every episode we're quantity guys right so like prime examples today i went to pick up one record that had been ordered for me at the store and i walked out with eight you know what i mean um like we just love to buy music so a lot of times it's like if i'm looking at I can buy four records, you know, or, and, and when I, what most of my CD shopping is at thrift stores because it's again, sure. 99 cents or cheaper if you buy enough. And so it's like, right. yeah, I'll bring this home and listen to it. Like a lot of the stuff that I've wanted to be reissued, like whether it be REM or, um, you know, I'm trying to think of some other examples that recently, but like, we're like fair cat or whatever, you know, we were like, man, yeah. I just really want this to be reissued. But like, I don't really want to drop a lot of money on like a crazy OG copy or whatever. It's like, oh, cool. Here's a 99 cent CD I found. I'll just listen to that until the record comes out. And then once the record comes out, I'm like, this is awesome. You know what I mean? So. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a there's a lot of stuff, you know, that I have on CD that I would love to have on vinyl. And I would love for somebody to reissue it, you know, because so many of those records made in a certain time span and time frame weren't ever pressed to vinyl. Yeah. So all you have is a CD. One that I always look for is uh, Free Flying Soul by the Choir. Yeah. Love that record. I yeah. love that record. It's so weird and yeah. creepy and awesome. Yep. Yep. Never was on vinyl. Never. Of course not. Yeah. But why would it have been? You know, 90, right. I think it came out like 96 or four yeah. or something like that. And it's like, yeah. why would it, you know, yeah. but it's like, that thing ever pops up like i'll be the first one in line but i have a cd copy that i got like used somewhere for like three bucks (laughs) and that was 10 years ago and i love it and i'll still listen to it and it's great but man i really wish it'd come out so well i also think too and not to just keep dragging this out but i also think too that like for me, music selection is visual. Yeah. So, because that's all I've ever known. That's how I grow up. So, when I open up an app, I don't know where to start. Right. And so, and I've made this joke before, but usually I'm like, oh, cool, Archer's a Loaf, right? And I listen to it and love it. But I'm like, I just do the same things. Like, sometimes I'll use it to kind of try to find new things, but I've, I've gotten off Spotify. I use iTunes and iTunes. Apple Music's just not that good for it, unfortunately. Right. But, um, but like, so I'm sort of like, I still enjoy just walking over like this little cheap CD tower. I bought at Goodwill for three bucks. You know what I mean? I just slide <laughs> right. them in there and I'll walk over there and I'll be like, Oh cool. Like, you know what? Like here's, um, you know, muddy banks in the wish car. Right. You yep. know, like the Nirvana yep. record that like, I don't really want to spend $30 on, but cool. Here's the CD I found for a dollar. So I'll pop that in and yep. get, and get my kicks and, and, and move on. You know what I mean? Yep. But uh, so for me, it's still very important to be able to kind of see music and know that that's kind of how I want to, you know, select things. But also, too, like growing up the way I grew up with like, you know, kind of like, you know, a lot of like those 
like kind of outlaw like ccm christian artists like think like mike sure. not like running his own record label like blonde vinyl like all that stuff was cds so like yeah you know i love finding those cds and now they're going back and they did a kickstarter campaign for one of his for grace profit for lsu and i think they were trying to raise eleven thousand dollars they raised it in less than 48 hours right for like right. a uh, a reissue for the record or whatever but it's like that's awesome but i've also found his cds and just buy them because i'm like i have right. to have these like they're not right. easy to find online like they're not easy to stream you know like right. this is the good stuff and so you just don't know when stuff is i don't know like someone's got to be behind the constant renewal of keeping music online right so right if if a, like let's say uh, independent record labels doing it, I mean like a theory eight's a great example. Like I had my own label, I would release records, I would post it, and then I got to the point where I was like, oh cool, like I can't really afford this anymore. Let me give those art those those back to the artists so that they can do it, right? Right. But a lot of record labels won't do that. They're just like, no, I own that, so I'm gonna keep it forever. And even if I can't right. afford to do it, I'm just gonna let it die with me, you know. So, right. and then then you're like, well, the only th only way I'll ever find this is a CD, you know. So. Yep. Um, I don't know. And I hate to say it, but I think there will come a time when people will discover music that's only ever been released on a CD and they will use that for sampling for, yep. you know what I mean? Like they'll find some weird beat on there, you know, that like yep. some weird band came up with from the nineties that no one ever heard of. Cause it was never popular. Like right. people will always be sourcing material any way they can. And I think at right. some point it will kind of come back to that. And then all of a sudden everyone will be out looking for those CDs, you know, in the same all way those... we're looking for the funk records that they've been sampling. You right. Know? right. 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 All those weird, all those weird one hit wonder bands. Yeah. Right. They had like one <laughs> record on like Atlantic. Yeah, when, but they had to make a 15-song CD, right? You know, even right. if they had the one hit, you know? Right. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. All right, so uh, we're almost getting to an hour and a half, which is great. I love it. But yep. um, we'll, We've done let's kind of wrap this up with, um, let's either do a, what are you hoping to find soon, or a um, a, a pre-order or something that you've ordered that you're excited about coming. Um, I don't know. What, what do you want to do? Well... I I have something. I have a you discover music order. Oh great! Way, which yeah. I've had on the, on the way. It was a pre-order thing, so it's. Uh, I have a pre-order too. So let's both nice. do our favorite pre-orders. Right, okay, so it's uh, the Nana Cherry record. Oh nice! Raw like sushi, thirtieth yeah. anniversary jambo, uh, which go. got delayed because I added to that the. Uh, Gang Stars Moment of Truth. Oh, uh, nice. it's like a triple LP wow. reissue they just put out. Um, and I it was like some stupid price on there, it was like 20 bucks or something. It was really yeah. dumb. I was like, is this a real thing? I'm just gonna <laughs> put that in my cart. Um, on there is in that order is like a I also got like a OMD's, like it's like a three disc hits thing nice. that looks amazing and all that and then uh jizz's liquid swords oh good yeah so it's my hip-hop thing but the big pre-orders were the gang star and the nana cherry that's, that's pretty awesome. awesome yeah that's awesome mine is and and you know this because yep. this will not surprise you and i'm just gonna probably mispronounce it because i'm like i don't even know how they came up with this name although you yep. probably know and i'm just overthinking it no but idea. the <laughs> ian, the ian mckay 
uh, in a farina, the, the Corky, 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 I don't know, Ricky, I don't know, uh, yeah, um, the new sort of like Fugazi without ghee and uh, Brendan, uh, Brendan, right? Yeah, um, yeah, because it's got Ian and Ann on drums, and then it's got uh, Joe on bass, Joe Lally, yep. but um. You were right when when I say you know I think I don't know if I sent to you or you sent to me I can't remember but like yeah. I had so many people hit me up that day I was just like I know I'm so excited I listened to the song I like know. eight times but you are right it's like right up with like the argument Fugazi like what like Boy. I mean it's uh, it sounds great so yes. I mean I ordered that in a heartbeat like like it can't get here fast enough like I'm I just know. gonna so nerd out on that you know if there is if there is a an example of a band going out on the the high note yep it is fugazi yeah <laughs> like that argument is like as much as i love so many other like at the moment of them being like yeah we're done like you couldn't have like done that better like yep which is so, why i think they'll yeah. probably never make another record because correct that one is almost just too good to mess with you know yeah i mean i think we're you know i think there's probably gonna be a lot of rumors I'm sure flying around with aesthetics happening and now this is happening. It's like everybody's sort of coming back into a circle together, but yeah. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I, nah, I from, I from the, the most contact that I had being, you know, maybe two steps removed from those yeah. gentlemen, like yeah. they, when they meant something, they really meant it. So listen, <laughs> you and I are the same age. Could you imagine Spending your twenties being in Fugazi, and thirties, I guess, yeah. playing those type of shows, and then taking taking a break, and then feeling like we feel like now, and being like, yeah, let's just go do that again. Like it's kind cool. of impossible. Like it's right. It's almost like a certain time period, you know, and like you don't right. want to be, you know, you you, you don't want to be like the the lame black flag. Do you know what I mean? Like you, right. you know, you you, you want to. <laughs> Those guys, you know, especially Ian, is such a purist that I don't think he would want to do anything that's less than uh, 110% of which was all, what their shows were always. So I just, yeah. I, I think it would be hard, you know. To, I mean, it's like a different. To ever pull it all back together. It's a different beast, but like, you know, when I saw Jawbox recently, it was amazing. Yeah. And it was not that I expected it to be bad, but it was better than I expected it to be. Like, I was yeah. like, Wow. You guys really didn't miss a, a lick, like yeah. But there's a there's a there's a difference there. There's a visceral quality that a Fugazi show demanded, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. it just yeah, it's just it, you don't want to be the like now I'm now I'm not even know why I'm singing about these things I was angry about. 25 years ago like why why was i pissed off about what was i talking well, about you know even like, just like the energy and the the effort that they put on stage i think right be tough but well i think to, if anybody's has made it this long and they are a fugazi fan I, you got to check out the the new uh koriki koriki yes. c-o-r-i-c-k-y i think koriki hey koriki get over here hey koriki put Co Ricky, put that gun down. <laughs> um, uh, but if you just go to Discord's website, I think it's like one of the first couple of news mentions, and you can click on it and go to their Bandcamp page and pre-order it and listen to this. The, the one song. Just... I think they announced it. It went on like NPR like instantly. 
Like oh, NPR I mean, like, like I, wrote it up. It last was insane. Week was crazy because I had like that LSU Kickstarter. I dropped fifty bucks on that, and then the, <laughs> the, and then the next day. So I think that probably would have been like Monday, and I think on Tuesday they announced the the Kariki whatever, and I yep. you know immediately pre-ordered that, and I was just like, oh, like everybody's coming out, everybody's coming out hot, which is what's always fun about the beginning of every year. You know, it's just like. I always think like, well, I don't buy new music anymore. And that's usually because I'm thinking that at the end of the year when everybody's saving it up for the next one, you know, so right. it's, it's shaping up to be, to be a good one. So I'm excited. Yes, sir. All right, man. Well, uh, our first hour and a half episode. Wow. Look at us. We we're really getting, did it. It's, we're like a political podcast. We're, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> next week's yeah, guest, Joe Biden. Yes. The Joe Biden, um, but uh, faces all fun. Rodney I enjoyed quesadilla. <laughs> right. Rodney, 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 get your brother Ricky. Put the gun down. <laughs> ah. uh, uh, we will. I like as we say every week. We will have uh, uh, added seriously to our collections and uh, look to yes. doing another call and chatting through those next week. Absolutely. All right, man. Talk to you later. All right, buddy. Bye. Bye. Thank you.